Hi everyone, and welcome to the very first episode of the Chicago Techies podcast. A podcast focused on highlighting the voices of local Chicago techies and their experiences. I'm your host, Ceci Fisher Benitez, and I'm really excited to get this started. On today's episode, I have a dear friend of mine. Her name is Jimena Cortez. She's a software test engineer at Kenna Security and has very graciously accepted my invitation to be my very first guest. I also want to give you a heads up. The audio is not the best quality because of COVID. We cannot be in the same room and we have to do a virtual chat. Um, so just, you know, letting you know in advance. Um, I am also very new at this and I'm still trying to figure it out. So I hope that for now, um, this is good and that you guys enjoy this very first episode. Thanks for joining. Jimena was the first person that I told about uh, this this podcast that I wanted to do, and I'm really excited to be talking to her. <laughs> she's a she's a really good friend of mine. Um, we have worked together um, in the past, and Jimena has done a lot of work in the community that I think uh, a lot of people should know about and and appreciate. Jimena, thanks for joining me on this crazy journey. <laughs> Uh, as my first guest, I'm really excited to talk to you um, and for everyone else to learn about you and your career trajectory, um, your hobbies and what you enjoy doing. So let's get started. Why don't we start with your name, your pronouns, where you're from, and as much as you like to share. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Cece, for having me as your first guest. It means a lot. It is true. You volunteer me for everything, but I highly appreciate it. And yeah. Um, my name is Jimena Cortez. I was born in Mexico City, and I came to the U.S. when I was nine. I've been in the U.S. ever since then. I am what people refer to as a documented person. It just means that I fall under the DACA program, meaning uh, the Deferred Action for Early Childhood Arrivals that the President Obama implemented during his presidency. I get a work permit because I'm not a U.S. citizen. This I mention this because it plays a big factor on who I am and what why I have done so much of what I've done. Um, because everything circles back to the resources in our communities. So did you always know that you wanted to go into tech from an early age or was that in elementary school or high school or what was that process like? In elementary school, I didn't know much much about tech. I didn't know there was careers in tech. All I knew was that I liked playing video games and being outside. In high school, however, um, there was a teacher. Her name is Martha Dimitro. And she was the one that would show me uh, games. And she spent a lot of time with me um, playing this video game. One day I got in trouble and I told her I, I wanted a real job. And she gave me this, this website to play. And the website is called Code Combat. And I played it all through high school, not during classes, obviously, but in my free time, I would go and play it. It was really interesting because it was practically English, and I was making this hero go from one point to another, 
castles, heroes, and all of this. So it was interesting. It caught my attention. <laughs> That's pretty cool. I know there are a lot of people that learned to code through their MySpace back in the day, but this is another great way to get started um, through that game. So what are some of the resources in high school or after college that helped you toward that tech industry direction? Once high school came around, I knew that being undocumented at the time, college was not an option for me. I knew that I I would practically pay everything out of pocket. However, I was part of this organization called Urban Alliance. And Urban Alliance had their first year here in Chicago when I did it. And they offered this internship year round to students from low income communities and minorities. And they would put them in corporate America and they would pay them to go work during, um, during the school year. And then at the end, they would have the experience of working in, in a field and then um, at the end, they gave a scholarship. Urban Alliance was basically an internship program that uh, was offered to college students, but it wasn't a technical, right? Internship? Right, it wasn't technical. Um, now, let's talk about your first job going into tech. And what was that like? You know, how did you manage to get that job? And like, what, what are some of the things that you did to kind of help you find your way into that first role? Finding my first job in tech was a little hectic. I I was going through a period of time where I wasn't sure if companies were going to hire me just because I I have a DACA permit. There was a lot of uncertainty and then a lot of imposter syndrome when it came to taking interviews because in tech they do whiteboarding and they send you exercises. And being able to do the exercise that they said, like some companies give you to take home and passing on to the next phase and then going into interviews and actually doing the whiteboard interviews added a lot of self-doubt to my self-esteem and it was really hard. However, I found meetup groups. I would go to different mentors and ask them for advice. Um, and this is very important, having mentors that turn into sponsors and are willing to put their name on the line for you. Um, it's crazy, I joined, uh, I was able to join uh, ITA through through one of my mentors. They They asked me to share my resume and through one of the organizations, um, ITA, I was able to find my the company where I started my career. And I started a month or two after I graduated. It was crazy, the like my finding the job and getting there, but finding resources in the community and mentors helped me a lot. So it sounds like you had a really uh, a good experience kind of getting that first job, right? Like you had, you were able to kind of work on your connections. You were able to get, you know, grow your network. 
Um, and I think that's super important for, for people to know, especially students that are graduating. You touched about imposter syndrome. And um, for those of you that don't know, that's basically um, people doubting themselves and their ideas and, and their self-worth at work. Um, they don't believe that they're enough. And I feel like we all go through that. I mean, I will raise my hand first. You know, I, I, I honestly feel like I still feel it a lot. And actually, one of these, one, that was one of the reasons why I didn't want to do this podcast in the beginning, too, um, because I just didn't think I was prepared or, or, or have enough to say, you know, or, or enough to, I don't know, to talk about. Tell us how that has evolved for you. And do you still feel like that at work? Or does that ever go away? Like, how, how do you manage working with, you know, with imposter syndrome? <laughs> yeah. Uh, somebody give me the recipe so it could go away, right? <laughs> I don't <laughs> think it ever does. Um, the one I remember the most is when I was signing my the job offer, my first day at the at the job, because that really stayed with me. I was in in a room during orientation signing this offer and agreeing to the terms blah 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 but I was the only person of color in that room and through being in that company for a little over two years it marked my career every day that I was at the job at the beginning there was another Latina but then she left us which we also love because she's a really close friend of ours, but that left me as the only Latina engineer out of 150 at that company. And it really marked my career because there wasn't a technical person that looked like me at a higher position that would mentor me into going that route, right? Growing my career. And I would ask my managers, I would continue pushing for people of color and all these initiatives of the company of DNI, it felt great, right? They were doing the work, they were talking about the work. However, I was still the only technical Latina in the company. When it came to my promotion, there's a process that I had to follow. They my manager at the time gave like gave me some steps to work on. And I quote, he said, because I'm like your older brother. At the time, I didn't need an older brother. I needed a mentor. I need. I, I felt like I didn't belong in that place, right? Um, they told me so many things of, so. oh, man, of you were not an intern and you have to make up for that time. All those things kept piling up. And I kept feeling, I don't belong here. Maybe I'm not technical enough to be promoted. Am I even asking for the right questions? Like all these things that kept adding. And it wasn't directly aimed towards me. They would tell me things that they were out of my control. Like you have to be in in a different team. You have to be all of this. However, people that started with me around the same time and were interns with them, they were getting promoted, right? And I would question myself, my skills. Maybe it's because I didn't go to an Ivy League school, or maybe because I didn't go to a technical school. Maybe I'm not technical enough. Maybe, however, talking to you and many others, um, 
of my mentors and friends, I started to realize it wasn't me. I wasn't the problem. I I was doing the job and I was meeting, if not exceeding expectations at my job. And when the time came, I I got promoted and I left the company because it was adding to myself, like adding, adding to my self-doubt. And at one point it started messing with my head and my mental health was a priority for me over the job. Um, at my new company, we don't talk about diversity and inclusion. We don't, it's something that we want to build. However, there is many other people that look like me in the in same or higher positions. Okay, so all you know, this conversation, these conversations of how tough places can be are super important. And I really appreciate that uh, you're being super transparent with me because you know, sharing things like that are, is intimidating. Like, and we don't share that a lot. We only talk about the good things that we've done in our careers. And we talk about the, you know, like the triumphs that we've faced. But in reality, there's a lot of WTF stuff, you know, going on, like behind the, uh, behind, behind the scenes. And I really appreciate that you, you know, you're, you're advocating for yourself and you are, uh, and you talked about it. You know, you talked to the managers. You didn't need a friend. You needed a manager. You needed someone that would look out for you and someone that would have the best interest for you, you know, your best interest at heart. Um, anyway, so I, I really appreciate that this, this, and I appreciate that, you know, we can um, talk about these tough moments and talk, talk about these difficult conversations and tough conversations are very important and people need to hear them. That you should, you should be at a place where you're valued. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. All right, so now let's move on. I want to, and you, you also mentioned a little bit about um, mentorship and how you had a, a various mentors to kind of help you through your career. What are, you, what are your two cents about mentorship? The very first mentors that I, I had in my career were because of Urban Alliance. I would I had various internships throughout the summer after I did the first year and I kept in contact with those people. I kept like I would email them once in a while about updating them about my college life like oh I just finished my first semester blah 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 and then I would ask them to get coffee and I started building those relationships like that and once I graduated they were the ones to help me and after once I started working, I started meeting different people in, in the industry, different people doing a lot of other type of work, like in nonprofits. And they would, it would start kind of like a friendship. And I would put you as an example. We were working together and we became friends. It just happened to be, right? And you started getting all these different type of opportunities of speaking and volunteering and you would just ask hey what are you doing or what this and that and I would just somehow end up volunteering um because you would put me up for it right and at first it was a lot of like oh she's my friend she's coming with me right but now because you see that I I have a story and I have this this willingness to share my my journey and passion for tech um 
And I always say yes, right? So <laughs> you became you it, or your friends, your friendship went from mentorship to sponsorship, right? And that is a key word. It's people who are putting you in these in different type of opportunities uh, because they believe in you. Yeah, girl, you're gonna make me cry. I like I didn't even think I was a mentor to anyone. <laughs> um, I just like I don't know. I feel like people have this idea that mentorship that mentorship is only based on like how old you are that you know and like a, an older person is going to be your mentor but no i feel like there is so much value in like peer mentoring and just kind of like it's someone that you know like someone that may be younger than you can be a mentor like it's there's just a lot to say to that another example is bea uh, we were at grace hopper and we heard her speak at this mm -hmm. panel And I said, oh, my God, I want her to be my mentor. Like, I would give anything because she's a great person, and I just want her to be my mentor. And somehow, at a, at a after our C-band, we saw her, and we all just connected. And it's been, yeah. uh, it's going to be two years that yeah. she became our friend. And I help, I'm helping with Nuevo. Whenever she's in town, she come like, we hang out. It's like, you never, you never know right yeah. and it's not always about find like wanting that uh, oh i'm i'm just gonna use this person as a mentorship because sometimes it's not just mentorship. yeah yeah and I, i mean i really love that when people are approachable and when people are humble enough to know that they can just they just want to help like bea you know bea is someone that is very successful and has you know maybe people have see her as someone that is like almost unattainable that you can't like reach out um but it's it's important to know that people are just people no matter who they are a ceo is just a ceo it's just they're just they're just someone like you shouldn't be afraid of sending a note or sending you know a like maybe a linkedin request if you feel comfortable enough because you've met them um you should not be afraid of, of reaching out to people in places Like, I like to think that I'm very approachable, that anyone that reaches out on LinkedIn, I would respond to that. Like, I, you know, like it, because we were all there at one point. And I think that there are not that many uh, people that are willing to do that. <laughs> But yeah. I, I think we've been lucky that most of our friends are. Um, and I guess that's, that's kind of a good segue into social responsibility, right? Like, I think yeah. there are we all need to be still civically engaged. I think we all need to be socially aware. And I think that even though we have all these great careers or whatever, like we still need to be there to help other organizations and other, like, our, like what are our values? We have to think about that constantly and not lose ourselves in our work. Um, can you tell me a little bit about um, the Resurrection Project and the work that you've done there? because not many people know about what that is. And uh, I think this would be, a, I really want to talk about it just because I think it's super important. Um, yeah, so I, like you mentioned, we are lucky and we are those type of people that I, whenever I'm in a panel or volunteering somewhere, I usually just offer my email, my phone number, like text me, you need somebody to look at your resume, send it to me, I'll look it over and I'll provide whatever value I could add, right? Uh, so those opportunities, right? And not just if you need help in a coding interview that you have 
and you want to go through some problems, uh, I always offer my time up for, for that, right? Because I was there. I remember what it was. Um, yes, the Resurrection Project, they are in, in Chicago. They do a lot of community work when it comes to like housing, immigration, and many other things. When I was helping at the Resurrection Project, I was helping file uh, DACA applications. Um, we would host different um, workshops where people would just come in and then we would look over their applications and then uh, just fill them out. And then we would have a lawyer, an actual lawyer, go through through it to make sure everything was correct. Um, and people would send those applications. And that's some very important work that I, I was doing at the time because it was close to home and it still is, right? I'm still documented. Um, since then I have transitioned into going into schools and sharing my story and my passion for te technology, mainly cybersecurity and teaching kids how, how introducing kids how to code and the basics of hacking um, I see that as having more close to my heart because I want kids to see themselves in technical roles um, in the future. Yeah, I, I love that saying that um, that people use, you know, that you can't be what you can't see. And you are kind of that example of going to these, these schools and showing that si se puede, that you can do it. Um, and that, you know, kids can, can see themselves in those, in those spaces. I mean, earlier you talked about how you don't, you didn't have a person that looked like you that was a, on a higher role as a manager. You know, that's, that's deep because that influenced you and that made you believe that you could get there. So mm -hmm. that's basically what you're doing here with these students. You know, they're, um, they're seeing what they could be. And they actually have you there in their faces. <laughs> uh, and, and that gives them more inspiration to keep going and, and, and get that get there. So that's awesome. That's awesome work. And it's super important. Um, cool. All right. So um, let's move on to what are your future goals and kind of where do you see yourself in the next few years to come? What's next? What's next for Jimena? Oh, man. I don't, I don't think I have a five-year plan. For me, it's more of like, and I don't take it day by day either, right? Um, I'm not all over the place. I kind of know that I want to, I want to stay in a technical role. I want to continue growing my technical skills. Um, I want to finish my master's at Paul. I need to go back and get on track with that, and continue volunteering, continue showing kids that si se puede and where. Where there's ganas, so todo se puede, right? Where when you have the will, everything, every you can do anything that you set my your mind to. So continue doing that here in Chicago for now, and then we'll see. We'll see where life takes me. <laughs> um, that's awesome. That's great. Um, thanks, Jimena, for for joining me in this in this conversation. Um, I would love for people to connect with you and. Um, and, you know, reach out if they need any, any, any hand in there, anyone to volunteer. <laughs> um, how can people connect with you on social media or LinkedIn or whatever you want to share? I think anywhere on, on social media, I'm more likely to be found. Uh, LinkedIn, uh, if people want to build a network, 
feel free to add me. I always accept people. Um, and if you need help with your resume or coding interview, feel free to shoot me an email or a text and I'll be more likely to respond and then jump on a call with you. Yeah, and I'll put all your information on the show notes so that people can also see your LinkedIn link and, and everything else that they can get hold of you. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks, Jimena. I love you. Love <laughs> you too. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Chicago Techies Podcast. We really enjoyed talking to Jimena about her career trajectory and obstacles along the way. We especially liked it when she highlighted the importance of advocating for yourself and all of the hard work that she's done in the community. If you enjoyed listening, don't forget to subscribe, share, and leave a review on iTunes. Let's continue the conversation on Twitter and Instagram. Follow us at, at Chicago Techies on all social media platforms. Thank you again, and we'll see you in two weeks.